Google thingamabobber will be the opening of the episode. There is not a question. Google, Google, Google. Taylor Swift. There goes all of our data. It's been sold. Question, Larry. <laughs> My job is already done. Thank you, Danielle. Welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and joining me from TCAPS Loop's North Pole office is our own gift-giving EdTech elves, Danielle Brostrom and Steffi Light. Before we begin the annual TCAPS Loop gift-giving guide and other stuff, I'd like to share a simple holiday moment of zen. It's not how much we give, but how much love we put into giving from Mother Teresa. I was just told that what I thought we were going to talk about wasn't what we, were, what we are necessarily talking about, but we will have some gift giving guide hints uh, to share with everybody. But most importantly, it sounds like we are going to finally have a little more of a long form discussion about a gift we are giving the district or we have given the district. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Steffi to tell us more about the spectacular gift. Yay, teaching books. So we've touched on it just a little bit, but we wanted to do a little dive into what is the, the lovely world that is teaching books. Danielle, you had maybe some questions, or do you want me to just go through my favorites? <laughs> I have all the questions, Steffi. I, I want to know what what is teaching books? So Teaching Books is a platform that has a bazillion resources that connect kids to books, enrich the reading experience, provide background into the motivations of authors. It has like 30,000 titles in there, lots of ready-to-use activities that would be perfect for, oh, inside recess or exploring of choice reading options. It's this wonderful platform that enriches reading. It's the ultimate deep dive platform for literature. So say if you've read the book and you wanted to go deeper into the whys and hows and whos of where that book came from, which I think people actually enjoy doing now. That's kind of why podcasts are podcasts in many ways. This is that venue. But not only that, it also gives that book, that resource, tools that will relate directly to curriculum. So it's not, okay, I really like this book. I think this book would actually be something that I could use in my classroom. It then gives you the tools. Absolutely. And it it can do that for books that you've used for years and years, as well as introduce you to newer books um, that are out there in terms of, you know, you might get a really interesting interview with an author that explains the motivation behind a book that you've, you know, used in your classroom for a long time, but it's a way to connect uh, readers with, with materials. They describe it as it elevates the power of books I love that because you know how I, I like books. I mean, they're fine. They're whatever. But I just think anything that helps celebrate reading for one and bring our kids to a deeper connection with the materials that they're reading, it's a way to go deep and connect with choice books, curriculum books, the whole world of books. I think that's pretty amazing. 
Steffi, what's an easy and practical first thing that a teacher could do with this to enhance what they do? What, what's an easy, practical first step? I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days because it feels like being a kid in a candy shop, to use that analogy, right? So like, where do you start? I, I would love for for teachers to just take a look at the overview video so they have a so they can hear from the creator more about teaching books. I think what I would first do at all levels, if there's a book that a teacher is using currently with students, go on to teaching books and look that title up and see if there's a resource that will enhance what you're doing with that book. You can easily expand that out to make a list of the books in your classroom so that you could have your students easily look at what you have and make a determination. Like they can check out the book trailer. They can meet the author. They can look at some of the materials. Like there's a preview that you can look at in a lot of the books. There's also complete readings of books, complete video readings of some lots and actually lots and lots of the titles. I think I would first suggest using it to enhance the books you're currently using. And then it's also going to be a portal for finding new books that you could use with your existing lessons or read-alouds. Or I think that one of the first, first stops in teaching books, too, there are lots of authors that have, well, just like anybody, right, any profession. There's lots of people. There's names that we stumble over at times. And teaching books has thousands upon thousands of authors who tell you how to pronounce their name. So they do a little introduction about their name and they sometimes they are really funny stories about their names. And sometimes they're just, here's how you pronounce my name. But I think that's important. It's important when we're pronouncing the names of our students, our colleagues, everybody that we interact with, that name should be pronounced correctly. And this is a way for your kids to pop in there and there's even a fun game where you can play the name game. There's pictures of all these popular authors and you ask yourself if you can say their name first and then you listen to their name. That is valuable. I think it's valuable to have that information and be correct. Those are my first two stops. So I'm, I'm entirely distracted right now because I'm playing around on teaching books and that's just not a really great way to run a podcast is what I'm no. I'm like, um, you guys, you guys just carry on. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. I'm over here playing around. So, Larry, I almost sent you the clip of, about Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Larry would like to hear this, but I didn't send it to you, but I will. To that point, I just basically threw an author into teaching books just to see what would come up. And immediately, uh, several books came up. Not everything that he's written, but the books that teaching books had resources tied to, which I actually thought was helpful. If I'm going there, I want things that are relevant and that are that are usable in my classroom, not everything. I can Google everything. I want stuff that's actually going to have resources tied to it. So clicked on one of his books that I wasn't familiar with. And when I clicked on it, I, there were multiple author interviews. Awesome. Again, doing the deep dive on what is the alt author thinking about his creation, which I, I think is wonderful. Show me, show me the tool and show me how the tool is used and how the author is using it. Great. Multiple lesson plans in regards to the books, books that are related, just 
a wealth of resources. And then, of course, I'm supposed to be hosting a podcast, and I'm actually way more interested at that point in time in trying to learn more about the book and then, you know, learn about the other books that are related to it. So if in 30 seconds, I'm that much more engaged in a book that I might want to read, as a student, what more could you ask for from a site? I agree. The ready-to-use lessons that you alluded to, there's this whole section about authors and how they're, they inspire us, and all of the resources are easy to share. So there's like a share button. You can send out like full list or just a specific book talk or a Meet the Author video or the name game I talked about or any of the lessons. They can come in a QR code. You could print them out, put them next to books to do some book tasting in your classroom. That's something that we can use in the library. So all staff and students have access to teaching books, and there's an icon on class link. If we're doing an all-school read somewhere or there's books that a classroom teacher have has been reading aloud or something in the library that we want to highlight, like when Eastern did an all-school read with the one and only Ivan. We didn't have teaching books then, but if we did, we could have sent out all the same resources to our families and they would be able to access those through that link. So it helps make those connections to the literature that kids are using or reading and enjoying and we can share out on a wider scale. There are some great sections that involve springboard discussions around social emotional learning tied to lots and lots of books. There's teaching around inclusivity issues. It's very current information. It's curated and they're, and they're making changes and making updates, especially to all the ready use lessons. But if you're a classroom teacher and you have some time for kids to do some exploring, this is a, an amazing place for them to spend time because like Larry said, it draws you in really quickly and your students could spend some time making a list of books that they're interested in that they want to be reading. There's lots of lessons that would help with connecting for writing assignments. So it's a book that was created by an author to try to help have materials to teach Ojibwa the language and like the amount of translation into languages besides English and the availability of being able to hear spoken languages that kids might not otherwise hear. Like there's a there's a whole world of exploring from that angle on there as well. In terms of kind of the more nuts and bolts of it, you can use teaching books to look at a list of books that you have and it will generate a collection analysis and show you um, really visually, what your genre breakdown is, what your level is, what topics are covered, um, what you might be missing, what experiences or perspectives you might want to include to have a more well-rounded collection. And there's an easy way to create a list. You can like pull titles in, like add to your list, but you can also take a stack of books that you have in your library and scan in the ISBN number. So not just holding it up and scanning it on your computer don't have to type anything in and you're not using like a, a library barcode you're using the, the books ISBN and it'll just put all those into a list for you and then you have all those resources that your kids can use right from that list easily if you want to help focus like what they're exploring. I mean this is super powerful for teachers 
but it's also really powerful for students. How would you recommend getting students on here? Would you recommend just giving them time to explore because they're going to want to look up their favorite authors and their favorite genres? Or would you recommend starting with something that is really more laser focused? Like we're studying this book, let's go on together and look at this book. I think I would start with a little bit of a focus only because it's so vast. Um, I, I think kids would benefit from exploring as well, but I think it's a, it's a way in to show, show kids what's there. So I think going along with kind of that first step, like I would take kids in with a book or an author that they're familiar with so they can, they can get that additional information and connect on another level. And then it highlights what else is there. So then when they go to the discover read alike section, that's a portal into the rest of what's there that might not be familiar books or titles or authors. I think for students, there's also just pure enjoyment in terms of games. There's like puzzle games that make the covers of books and there's memory games. And there are, like I mentioned, the the author game, you could have kids go in and spend some time um, interacting through some of the parts that are in there just for enjoyment and for fun. And you're still connecting with literature and authors. I think one of the, the, you know, the fun things is making those reading lists, you know, those book lists in there. I was almost uh, thinking of it as a, as a sim type game where you kind of build your own library, <laughs> which would be a, you know, a fun way for students to kind of meander about literature in there and actually delve into safely delve into the different books and the different authors and see where that path takes them and kind of supercharge their, their interest in, in literature and more diverse pieces of literature by kind of creating a virtual bookcase. Of yeah. Sorts. And some of the lists I've created are, you know, books that I want to read. So my own reading list that I want to be getting back to, or if a teacher has read alouds that they're planning to use or just to keep track of what they've read and then they have resources there to pull up and enhance what they're doing, but the kids can do the same thing. I think that there are so many ways you can you can enter the site and use it and it can enhance existing lessons. It can be a lesson on its own and it can also be personally driven exploration for kids and staff. So I also think that the Teaching Books Chrome extension yes. is a pretty cool addition. We discovered this a couple of days ago that there's there's a Chrome extension, and when you download it, it automatically puts teaching books in the upper right hand corner of your Google searches. So if you are Google searching, you know, you think about a student. Maybe you've got a second grade animal report and they're searching for giraffes. Teaching books is going to pop up in the upper right-hand corner and show them those teaching book links. I think it gives like four that they can then lead into the teaching book site and learn more about giraffes, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. There's some pretty cool stuff there. It's really cool. I was doing just a random search and got pulled into teaching books in a good way, right? Like I was I was like, oh, wow, look, it's, it is a little dangerous because you might end up spending a lot of time in there in a good way. I'd have to push back on the dangerous a little, a little <laughs> bit there. I, I know what you're saying, but in, in regards to uh, just uh, Googling something and then uh, letting Wikipedia run your life, I, I think you're doing much, much better. <laughs> Correct. That time, Absolutely. That Absolutely. Teaching books. Just, like, you're fine. To be honest, I would support that kind of um, scrolling 
scroll away in teaching books. It, you know, it's going to be okay. <laughs> um, anything else uh, to add to teaching books? Can we promote that Steffi created a book list for Hour of Code next week so students can go in and do some exploration within STEM books on teaching books? Lots of amazing things in there in terms of read alouds and more about the authors. Check that out. Larry, it's like, I just love it all. Steffi, I can completely understand why. Um, <laughs> okay, thank and you. I know, I, I, I'm getting the sense that you feel like you're off on this island and, be, and, and you know, please come visit, come visit. I'm not the only weird one here, but to be honest, if you're, I mean, you are a weird one, but you're not alone. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to populate book Island. Absolutely. I just keep going back to saying like, it's so great. You just have to check it out, but like, that's not helpful. In a pod. <laughs> We've talked about this a lot it, with a lot of um, educational technology. One of the things you need to do because it is so open-ended on some levels is you need to go in and you have to play with it. I think having the courage as an educator to, to try new things and get out of the box a little bit and use some different resources, you know, simply put, it is a great resource to learn more about literature, to dive a little bit deeper into the books that you think your students would love and learn from. Steffi, from a teacher standpoint, thank you to the library department for the for this gift. Because seriously, I feel like as a teacher, you're going to make my life easier because you're helping me create that love of reading and love of books, which we know is kind of what we're trying to do here. Yeah, we're all on that, yes. And like efficiency. Like normally, if, if I want to talk about an author, I'm going to do this deep dive on Google and I'm going to get a bunch of junk that doesn't make sense or a bunch of, it's just not going to be relevant and valuable having it all pulled in there for me and include lessons and vocab guides and a pronunciation guide. Like it, yes. it's all there in this nice little package that's going to save me time. So yes. And all vetted and high quality resources. So ready to use lessons are really, truly ready to use and fabulous and so adaptable. Mad props to the library department, <laughs> man. Librarians, I got it going on. We're very excited to have it and to have the district have access. Excellent. Better than the inside of a book jacket, for sure. Well, Larry, there's a whole section on there called Shelf Talkers. And so it's things that are you can put in a QR code that pulls up the author talking about that very book. Like, yes, thank you. Steffi, awesome. you've said some fun things like shelf talkers and book tasting. I feel like I want um, more of these ideas fleshed out into its own podcast. Book tasting for sure. That one caught me as well. I was very intrigued. We're going to have to save that. You'll have to stay intrigued. We can switch gears, Larry. We can yeah. switch gears. Absolutely. Let, let's see what else is in the sleigh. So talking about our typical STEM gift guide, the loop gift guide, you know, in my house, we bought all the robots, like all the robots. We have them all. We have all the STEMmy trendy gifts. And they're sitting on the shelves. The things that my kids still use years later are the Legos, the duct tape, oh, all the duct tape, um, the to the tools for take aparts, the zip snip to cut their cardboard, the KiwiCo subscription, all the things that we've really fleshed out in the past. Like those are the things that have lasted for my kids. The Mets group recently shared a STEM gift guide that Carrie Giuliano created, and that's got some fantastic new resources in it, along with all these 
old ones that we continue to talk about. Um, Purdue's got their engineering gift guide. I, I feel like taking some time to go through those resources are valuable if you're looking for a gift guide, but the, the basic stuff, you know, like finding what your kid is interested in and then how can you enhance that with uh, enhance their curiosity and their creativity and their doing stuff around that topic. That's, that's what's really going to give you that lasting value, you know? So like I'm thinking of my two kids, I've got one who's a huge, huge reader. So we are going to continue our kazoo subscription. So kazoo magazine, um, they're fantastic. They put out, I think four a year and they're filled with things that are creative and, um, like this is an art issue that teaches colors and there's just a ton of STEM activities packed in here and they come directly to my house. And I've got another kid who's really interested in her bike. So I'm going to get her a stand so she can take her bike apart and get her some tools so she can start learning how that works. Like, I, I think rather than focusing on the, the STEMI trendy, like what kind of a robot are we going to get this year? I, I really want to get back to those basic things that are going to last for my kids and that help expand their interests. Does that make any sense at all? The last thing on my list was find a real project with real tools to share with your child. So yes. Yep. That's absolutely, yep. I 100% agree. My most STEMI of my own children has graduated to getting real tools, right? Like, I mean, he's been doing that for a while, but he has a 3D printer. He has actual tools because he does actual projects all the time. I totally agree. I think the things that get used again and again, there are some games in that category that I I think that transcend ages. Um, so my nieces and nephews spent time with us last summer, like a summer camp at our house, Camp Caddy Wampus. It's a pretty fun camp. We have t-shirts. And the thing that we love to do, we, we play bingo. It was fun for all ages. Like the simple things that you go back to again and again, and like the, we would make Play-Doh and play with Play-Doh across the ages, right? My older kids still were doing the same things. I think you're totally right. Finding a real project, finding what they're passionate about is really the answer. Though I will say this. I just found out, and maybe I'm behind the times here, but maybe you know, with those uh, real projects, sometimes you're out in the cold and getting kids outside is very important. Rechargeable hand warmers. I didn't know that this was a thing. It turns out that, you know, those uh, um, battery packs for your phone, the external battery packs that you can plug into your phone, they basically have those now, but are actually hand warmers. Oh, wow. So USB charged, plus you can actually charge your phone with them as well. I'm all about that. Everybody should get those. Larry, I think those aren't for my kids, though. Those are for me because I have to stand outside and supervise all this outside project work that the kids want to do. Like, those are for mama. Good for everyone. Absolutely. Danielle alluded, but hopefully books are part of the gift giving at whatever event or holiday is coming up. Very on brand, Steffi. Very on brand for you. <laughs> but I wanted to share a resource that I have just recently become aware of and have been using. It's called bookshop.org. And it is an option other than Amazon that supports independent booksellers across the country. And it works as seamlessly as Amazon and as quickly. 
I saw a really funny review about bookshop.org and it was in the Chicago Tribune and it said bookshop.org hopes to play rebel alliance to Amazon's empire and may the force be with bookshop. So I would recommend check it out if you're making online book purchases. It is a fabulous way to do that and support independent. And if you're shopping, always choose local when you can. One of my favorite things to do during the holiday season is go to some of our local independent booksellers. There's something magical, especially during the holidays. Is going into a, a, a bookshop is always magical, but in, during the holidays, there's there's something special about it. Get your coffee, go into the bookshop. Absolutely, and Blue Vase is a great option. Awesome, awesome. Anything else? Do we have a tech tool of the week? I had a tech tool of the week. But then during the pod, I got distracted by something Steffi shared. So I think that is my new tech tool of the week. She talked about the games on teaching books and teachingbooks.net slash hello. That is that name game that she talked about. And it's super cool. These are authors that I know and that I have used in my classroom and that unfortunately I've probably mispronounced. So can you pronounce these names? Do you know the background heritage and story of these names? And enjoy a little humor, listen to, and then it gives some authors that we should click on. Like this, this is where I want teachers to get started today. So teachingbooks.net slash hello. Thank you, Steffi. Check out the Kwame Alexander one. It's a riot. Let's close the shop. All right. Uh, follow us on Flit, uh, on Flitter. Flitter, it's a new avian. It's an avian social media platform. I highly recommend it. Flitter. Follow us on Twitter at TCAPSLOOP. At Brostrom DA. At Steffi Light. All right. Subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Overcast, Google Play Store, Spotify, Flitter, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. I really hope Flitter isn't an inappropriate website.